Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oregon State Beavers go to Purdue to, be, to play a beatable team, end up in a winnable game, but fall short 30-21. to 21. Here to talk about it is myself, Aaron Fentress, along with our Oregon State beat writer, Nick Daschle, on the first edition of the Beavers Banter Podcast, brought to you by myself and Nick Daschle. Nick, how was your trip, and how, is, how are things in Corvallis? You were there, you just went to practice, I assume. How are you doing? No, pretty good. Actually, I was just at Jonathan Smith's uh, Monday press conference. Uh, okay. Indiana, the land of no masks. It was uh, <laughs> really. You know, Did you wear one though? I I wore one inside. I you know I don't wear them out. I don't try not to wear them outside unless they're mandated. But right. I just know I walked into my hotel and it, there's a sign up that says wear masks. You, you know we're, it's it's required in here. And so the first four people I see aren't wearing masks, including the lady behind the front <laughs> desk who's. Oh, great. Here we go. <laughs> Fascinating story there. Hope you hope you remain safe, though, and you are going to be healthy because we have to keep you on these podcasts all year to bring the knowledge from the road and from Corvallis. Today on this show, we're going to talk about, obviously, the loss, but some news, well, semi-news, not really news, no news about the quarterback position coming from Johnson, Johnson Smith today. We saw both quarterbacks play in this game. Sam Neuer started, then Chance Nolan came in in the third quarter, played a little, a little bit better, than, actually a lot better than Neuer, but has not been named the starter as of yet. We'll talk about that. And we're going to get into the fourth down situation, that critical fourth down in the fourth quarter. Fourth and two, they go deep. We're going to discuss one, should they have called that play? Two, should they have just punted? Three, all the different ins and outs of going for it on fourth down in that situation. And then also, quarterback or not, you got to run the football, man. They had, what, 70-something yards rushing, something like that. you got to do better than that. The entire O-line is back. We're going to talk about that. Then we're going to get into the defense. Looked a little bit better. You wrote about that. It looked a little bit better than they did last year, but maybe still not good enough. Then how damaging was this loss to the quest to win six and become bowl eligible We'll get into that and then segue from that into diving into next week's critical game against Hawaii. But first, give the fans out there a taste of what Jonathan Smith said regarding the quarterback situation, Nick. Okay, Jonathan's stance on the quarterback as it stands right now, there's no practice today. They practice Tuesday and Wednesday. They're gonna look at they're gonna look at Chance Nolan and Sam Neuer those two days, and maybe even Thursday, and he'll make a decision at that point. He didn't didn't specify a day that he would make a decision, but it will be one sometime probably Thursday or Friday. He'll he'll make a decision, and so they want to take you know they Jonathan explained that you know just based off the Purdue game, he agrees Chance played better, but this is more than just one game. It's a body of work. You know there was a reason they picked Sam to be the starter because of the way he played in camp. 
And that was his rationale for, for what they're, they're doing. Tristan Jebbia is nowhere near ready to, to get in the mix. He, he was limping pretty, pretty significantly. I thought Saturday, just walking out to the field. So he's, he's still a ways away. So it's, it's Nolan or Neuer against Hawaii. So what was your assessment? I mean, clearly statistically, it wasn't really close, but did you feel like Neuer showed enough to maybe still be in this race? You know, boy, I mean, if, if, if you go on what Jonathan says is we need a guy that can move the ball and score points. I don't know how Neuer stays in the, in the, in the discussion. I mean, he was, he did get pressure. I'll give him that. There was some pre- that produced defensive end, Jorah Karloftis is, is about as good as you're going to see in the country. Um, and they put a lot of pressure on from that one side, but. Sam did have a lot of time to throw on on a number of occasions, and he just flat out threw the ball way over receivers' heads. I mean, and we saw a little of that in 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 camp, and um, so it wasn't a total surprise. He he's not, but they didn't move him either. So that was the other thing. I, I was curious why they didn't run him a little bit more against Purdue. Chance Chance looked like Chance at the end of camp. Chance was hitting guys in stride. He was making plays. He was accurate. He was running the ball. He showed all that Saturday. Um, so, I mean, if it was me, I would probably say Chance has got is probably the guy. But you know, I'm not the coach. Yeah. So Chance was ten for sixteen for 157 yards, an 88.4 QBR versus Neuer, who was ten for 21 for 94 yards and a pick which was a 7.8 QBR. So, so statistically an eye test from that game, clearly you would say that Nolan's the guy. But, I mean, they went through the entire process of spring and fall camp to end up with Neuer. So in their minds, they're probably thinking, you know, he won the job but played poorly in the first half. But maybe that doesn't mean he's going to continue to play poorly moving forward. Well, my gut feeling is they're gonna they're going to Sam and saying, "Give us a reason to play you this week." That, that, right. that they're going to him the next few days and say, "Give us a reason to play you because you gave us no reason to play you last Saturday." And I'm and I'm not saying Jonathan's saying that. I just think that's what yeah. the message is, is that he's got to give him a reason to play him. And right now, I mean, Chance has done what you want out of a starting quarterback. But I mean, who knows? Maybe if Chance is in that situation that Sam is. You know, there was really, I mean, you got to admit, there was no pressure on, on Chance Nolan. Just come in and, you know, he, you know, wh- how worse could it get? It, 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 they had had seven drives under Neuer, five were punts, one was interception, one was a touchdown. So, right. you know, it, it can't get a whole lot worse than that. All right, well, we'll see how that plays out. Um, very interesting storyline moving forward. But probably the most interesting storyline, aside from the quarterback situation at Purdue, was the critical fourth down call in the fourth quarter. So it was a 16-14 game. Purdue's up, about eight minutes to go. Uh, I believe Oregon State was on its own 37. Is that correct? 37, yeah. 37. And they go for it. Not only do they go for it, they end up throwing a home run ball down the middle that is def- defended by the corner who had good – uh, protection, excuse me, coverage protection, good coverage on the play, even though, you know, there was a play action fake designed to hopefully get the receiver deep. It didn't quite work out. He did have a step, but not, he wasn't as wide open as, as I'm sure Oregon State would have hoped. What was your feeling on the decision to go for it right there and then the play that they called 
And, of course, they didn't get it. Purdue goes and scores a touchdown, goes up nine, makes it a very difficult situation for Oregon State the rest of the way. But clearly Jonathan Smith thought the gamble was worth it. Right. I mean, this is this has been kind of the number one topic that I've been getting emails and Twitter responses on was a lot of people are just tired of Jonathan going for it all the time on fourth down. <laughs> and and I totally disagree with them on that. I I I just in, in modern football, I, I think punting is the, the analytics show that going for it on fourth down is is actually a pretty solid play. Now, what they did may not have been a solid play. Jonathan explained today and said they Purdue was stacking the box. We weren't moving the ball. We needed to score some points. We thought we could get Tajon deep down the middle, and we wanted to go for a big play. And he thought they actually executed pretty well. It just, you know, the Purdue, Corey Trice made a good play. What, what didn't happen, though, was Luke Musgrave was wide open on that play down the, the field. The tight end dragon. He was wide, wide open. And, and, right. they, and, and Chance either didn't see him or, or just ignore. I don't know what happened, but, but that would have been – that would have been the but, – but my thinking on this is I understand not – I understand going for it there. I understand not sending Jack Coletto and, and trying to pick up the – it was probably about a yard and a half. I understand that because Purdue was – going to put everybody in the box right but why not just try to at least throw something you know 10 yards get a first down keep the keep the you know keep well they had a guy about 10 yards right right but but, but the whole thought was to go down if that was the thought we're we're going we're going for it all right here and you know the the gamble there is it's 16 14 with eight minutes to go if you don't hit it Purdue's 37 yards away from going in the end zone and probably putting the game away, which is what happened. It took Purdue six, I think it was six plays, 37 yards. He scored a touchdown. Right. Got up nine. It was, you know, it was pretty much game over there. So in that situation, I'm, I, I, I just, I don't know if the gamble was worth it on that, on that one. Yeah, you know, it's it's a fascinating dilemma. People talk about it all the time, whether you should go for it. And the bottom line is when you go for it and you get it, everyone's like, see, you should go for it. And you go for it and you don't get it. Everyone says, see, you shouldn't have gone for it. Both sides sort of battling that. What I thought was fascinating was that they went for Ford on fourth down earlier, down 13-7 with 7-0-4 in the third quarter. And they ran a fly sweep fake. And then Coletto, who was in that quarterback on that play, tries to basically run to the left side, probably like the three or five hole to get a first down. Now you take that play failing and it failed because the defensive end you mentioned, I forget. I pronounced George Karloftis. Yeah. That guy got inside the tight end who I believe was Tegan uh, Quitarino. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning the beavers, everyone. Forgive Tegan me. Tegan Quitariano. Yeah. So he got beat inside. Now you could argue that the right tackle should have picked up the defensive end instead of blocking down on the, on the uh, D tackle and then going up to the next level. Regardless, that guy made a great play and stopped it. If you're Oregon State, that play was Steph, and you hadn't been able to run the ball all day. So if you're in a fourth and two situation, are you going to trust running it? I mean, it's not very conceivable that Jonathan Smith saying, oh, yeah, we're going to just power it right in. And that's why having a good running game is so important because then you have confidence in that run game in those situations. So I kind of like the idea of a play action because you know they're going to stack the box. The problem is you have to execute it. Now, you pointed out, I, I watched that play over and over, the tight end's absolutely wide open, but – he gets pressure. Like there's a guy in his face. He ends up throwing it flat-footed, and that's one of the reasons why he underthrew it, underthrew the pass. He's got to get it out there deep. A deep post like that or a seam, whatever you want to call it, he's either got to get it 
over the head or throw it way to the right so his receiver can go get it, and he just underthrew the guy. So the play call was sound. They just didn't execute it, and it didn't work, didn't work out. But one other point, if you're Jonathan Smith, you're probably thinking there too, if we don't get it, we've been playing pretty well on defense this entire game. We can hopefully hold them to a field goal. Now you're only down 19-14. As it turned out, they scored a touchdown. So it was a gamble. I like the call itself. They just didn't execute it. Yeah, I again I'm yeah, I'm I'm with I'm with Jonathan on all this except maybe maybe not go 35 yards downfield. On, on, <laughs> I mean, even if everything works out right, that's still a low it's, percentage play. It's still 100%. You know, you, you, you there's a reason why people don't throw the ball 40 yards downfield 20 Every times a game because it's just it's it's hard to it's hard to execute. Right. And that and that's where you want him uh to see the out, you know, it's basically a, a deep go with bending it inside and a deep out slash corner. And then they had someone in the flat. I mean, it's, that's a passing contest that goes all the way back to Bill Walsh's 49ers. And you want to read the go first, then to the deep out slash corner. He never came off the go to see the, the out corner wide open, like absolutely wide open. That would have been a first down and a big chunk play as well. Unfortunately, he didn't see it. So, you know, what are you going to do? Defense has to pick you up. They didn't get it done, and the offense couldn't come back. So, you know, if I'm Jonathan Smith, though, when you know you're not going to overwhelm anyone from a talent standpoint yet, except maybe Idaho State, and we'll see what happens with Hawaii, you got you to gotta roll the dice and take some chances. And I think that's what he's thinking. It just didn't work out there. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I have to go back and look, but I think they, they ran that play, something similar to that, against UCLA in 2019 it was I think it was a fourth down play and they got it for a touchdown it was like a 50 some yard play so it's not yeah. like they haven't done that before but it's still I mean that's asking your defense <laughs> to do a lot if you if you you know they 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 yeah. played pretty well on Saturday and ask them hey stand up for us one more time I mean right. it's just tough yep it definitely backfired but such is life all right so aside from that play aside from the QB issues you got to run the football, man. You, you can't – what, they have 78 yards rushing? Is that what I got to Yeah, do? nobody nobody had more. I think 27 was the was yes. the high-water mark. 78 yards on 25 carries. They got dominated at the line of scrimmage. Um, and this is a team that returns their entire offensive line from last season. They don't have Jamar anymore. But still, if you have a good offensive line, they're creating holes. Any reasonably, reasonably good back is going to make some plays. Uh, but if – you know, they could run the football for 185 yards in that game or whatever, which is asking a lot if you only rush for 78. It changes the complexion of the game. It takes the pressure off the quarterbacks who are not lighting it up, and it puts you in a situation where you would have more confidence in running it on fourth down in that situation. You might have gotten the, the previous uh, fourth and two that you, you failed. So what is going on with this running game? What did Jonathan Smith say, and what can we expect this week from them against Hawaii? He he said he said it was everybody. Somebody would mess up on a on on a particular play. It wasn't just one guy or two guys. It was always whether the back didn't find the crease, whether whether you know tackle missed a block, a tight end, whatever. There was always somebody that you know that just didn't execute what they were supposed to do, and they just they couldn't get it done. I I mean I. I think part of the problem is, and I don't, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not, I'm just speculating, but they're playing three running backs right now. I, I think you got to get one guy in there and give him the ball and let him, let him see what he can do and see if he can get hot. But we're only talking one game. BJ Baylor is probably the most experienced back out of this group. Well, he is the most experienced 
running back. I mean, I, I honestly think that's what they need to do is try try him first and see what he, see how he can get if he can get him going because you know in, in years past Jonathan's offense has really been predicated on on starting with a good running game and they've been pretty successful over the last three years with that and and this offensive line they return every starter they've got eighty I think it's eighty two career starts between the five of them they were they 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 were a good run they they ran the ball pretty well regardless who was back there it wasn't just Jamar Jefferson it was you know Artavis Pierce they had other guys that were you know picking up yards the last few years so they know what they're doing it's just but you know the other point I'd make is I'm just not gonna make I'm just not gonna make that much of a judgment on a first game I I want to see the second third fourth game you know if the, that's kind of been their mo is is they don't play well in the first game and they watch the video and they get better with each game you know after that so i'm not going to i'm not going to you know condemn this offensive line for being terrible yet they they game they've got, they they they've show me saturday show me against sc on the 24th then 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 i'll make a you know I'll make a judgment on it okay uh, defensively, yeah, definitely to me, not a bad performance. You said actually you thought they did pretty well, especially given what they were like last season. They did give up 303 yards, excuse me, 313 yards passing to Plummer. Uh, but the run defense was pretty sound, 83, excuse me, 88 yards on 33 carries. Uh, give me your assessment of the defensive play on Saturday. I thought, yes. I mean, overall it was, it was, it was been, it was better. It looked, kind of like the team we saw in camp they, they played fast they got to the ball they missed a few tackles but it wasn't like it wasn't like years past where they missed you know where you'd go four five six tackles missed in a, on a play even um they got to the court they got the one thing they one thing they did is they get got to the quarterback they pressured him pretty well but they didn't finish the play that they need they need more than one sack and, and they were almost there on several of them they just didn't finish them they did have one I thought should have been a sack, and they called it. They called a, I can't remember who got called for a uh, a late hit, and, or got called for targeting. Yeah, it was targeting. And I mean, it was it was really kind of it seemed shaky to me, but I mean, it was that was when they they almost got to the guy. But they need to finish. They, they need to finish on the quarterback. Um, Rajon Wright, he had his hands full with David Bell. That that guy is probably the best receiver they're going to see all year. He's 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 an NFL talent for sure. Um, but Rajon Wright, he he did pretty well holding up against David Bell. Now Bell got his yards, but he's going to get yards against everybody. I thought yeah. he made some plays on the ball, especially early in the game. He 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 looked to me like a like a guy that's going to be a pretty good player for this defense. Jaden Grant had some had some good moments. He had the pick there where he took the ball away from the from the tight end on, on, near the goal line to stop a to stop a scoring drive. Um, you know, one thing I did I did I mentioned to Jonathan even during the press conference was is that uh, they had a hard time getting their defensive uh, linemen off the field. I mean, it, it was it was constantly where they just barely would get them off before the ball was snapped. It was like six or so, one time they got nailed, and there's probably six or seven other times where you know they were, um, you know, they barely got off. And he said, "Well, we were we were trying we were trying to get, you know keep them on as long as possible to keep Purdue guessing." And you know, when three hundred pound guys are trying to run off the field, sometimes it's, <laughs> it's hard. And but so 
that guy is that what? that that'll get better i'm pretty sure but what uh, cracks me up too is some of the times some sometimes you're you're making personnel changes for scheme reasons sometimes it's just rotation to give guys a breather. It's always funny when you give a guy a breather, he's got to sprint forty yards off the field. Yeah, I, I don't get that. That one I don't get. I don't. I don't get why. Yeah, how, how much of a break? <laughs> how much of a break is that to give a guy to run him off and run him back on the next play? That, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, I thought you know they they didn't they only had the one takeaway. They they need more than that. Um, and, you know, I, I talked to several of the players afterwards, and a couple of them looked up the scoreboard and said, oh, we gave up 30 points and 400 yards. But I thought that was misleading. Purdue got got a pretty cheap 75 yards there late in the game when when Oregon State was kind of gambling a little bit, trying to get the ball back um, down by two. And, and I mean, they, they'd held them to, you know, probably low 300s up to that point, which – is one of their, you know, statistically one of their better uh, defensive performances. They, they've only, there's, I think there's only three FBS teams they've held to less than, you know, less than what they had Saturday, even the 400 yards. So statistically, it was a pretty good performance. Right. Also, you know, when you don't run the ball well and your QB plays shaky, especially when you don't run the ball well, you're not going to have the ball for very long, which means you're going to put your defense on the field. Now, if you're a team that's running, you know, a play every 15, 16, 17 seconds and trying to outpace everybody, you don't worry about time of possession. If you're Oregon State, you care about time of possession. And they lost it by, I'm looking at eight minutes, 25 minutes and 26 seconds to 34 minutes and 34 seconds. So if you're going to put your defense on the field for 34 minutes, if you're Oregon State, you better back them up with 34 points. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you're going to be yeah. in a situation. It's not only that. I mean, they, they, a lot of produced scores came on short fields. So they, they put, you know, they put Oregon State's offense put, you know, the defense in some holes that were hard to hard to defend. And they and they actually right. they held up a couple times of those pretty well. But I mean you keep giving a, a good offense, you know, only half the field to to have to score. It's it's hard. So definitely. Absolutely. I'll, okay. give, them a, I'll give them a B out of this game. The defense? Yeah. Okay. Them. That's fair. That's fair. So, so D, what will you get? D for, the, yeah. D for the offense, B for the defense. <laughs> All right. You are listening to Beaver Banter, a podcast from the Oregonian and Oregon Live. We'll be back after a quick break. Okay, so they're 0-1-1. Disappointing loss, I think we all agree, because Purdue hasn't exactly been Amazing. I think last year they were two and four. Wait, no, they're six and two over the last two seasons. Two and four last season. Four and eight the year before. So this is a six and twelve season, team. Excuse me, the last two seasons, not very good. Went on the road. You lost a close game, so it's still a little disappointing. But the goal, six wins. You know, I think everyone in the state, whether you're impartial or not, would like to see Oregon State get back to being a bowl team. In order for them to get the six wins, though, they're going to have to win the next two, right? You got Hawaii and Idaho coming toward Corvallis. And then you look at the Pac-12. The Pac-12 North right now is about as bad as it's probably been after week one. Oregon barely beat Fresno. Washington lost to, to Montana. Washington State lost to Utah State, if I'm correct. Cal lost to Nevada. Stanford went and lost at Kansas State. That's not horrible, but they only, lost, they only scored seven points in that game. Right. So the North is going to have some winnable games. If you're Oregon State, you're probably not petrified about playing Washington, Washington State, or Cal after 
seeing what you saw. You beat Oregon last year, but you got to beat Ohio State and Idaho. What's your assessment right now of their ability to win six games after losing at Purdue? Well, my my thought going into the season was I, I thought they were going to lose at Purdue and still get the Later. six wins. Just kidding. Well, I just you know <laughs> I I just I can only go on the track record. I, Jonathan's teams haven't played well in Oklahoma. I'm kidding. And I know they played Ohio State and Oklahoma State, but I mean they just they haven't just but they but the thing is with Jonathan's teams they get better with every week and they in October they're going to be a lot better in November they'll be they'll be better so I'm. What I, I yeah they de- they have to win they have to win Saturday against Hawaii they have to beat Idaho so they get to two and one they're in good shape my my thinking is you know they win these two games they go to SC play play competitively probably going to lose that game but then they got Washington Washington State two teams they haven't beaten since you were a boy but you know <laughs> oh, but. But well, it's not that long. But, but they have they have a, they haven't beaten either one in in seven years, and one of them's nine, I think. Uh, but I mean, you can't be scared of playing those two teams right now. I mean, it's it's logical to think if this team plays well, it could get to four and two by the bye week, and then you go in the bye week, and you got you know, then you then you reassess and see where you're at. I know after that, and uh, you know, then and then they got. Cal and Colorado. I think Cal and Colorado are winnable games. So, uh, yeah, I, I think six is doable, but they have to win this week. They, they, right. If you don't win this week, I don't see I don't see where you find six wins out of the last ten. That's oh no, yeah. I, I I agree with you. It, yeah, it would be pretty disappointing with this non conference schedule to be one and two going into the Pac twelve. Oh, got to be, be at least two and one. Soul crushing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. let's look ahead to Hawaii. Then Hawaii was four and four last year, ten and five though the previous season, and that included a thirty-one twenty-eight win at home against Oregon State. Yeah, it was in Hawaii, and then they also beat BYU in a bowl game, thirty-eight thirty-four. They got a pretty dynamic quarterback, uh, Siobhan Cordero, who had three hundred five yards, three touchdowns, and rushed for sixty-six yards during a beatdown of Portland State. I think it was oh my gosh, forty-six. I had this forty-nine oh. thirty-five. 49-35, but it was 35-7 at halftime. In that game, Hawaii rushed for 268, okay? But that's Portland State. That's an FCS program. A couple weeks ago against Hawaii, excuse me, against UCLA, which looks, I mean, it's early, but they just smacked around the LSU. So they're looking like a very formidable team in the Pac-12. In that game, Hawaii only rushed for 26 yards. Cordero only passed for 243 with one touchdown, two picks. UCLA ran all over them for 244 yards. So you want to put Oregon State, I think, right in between what UCLA looks like and what Portland State is. And you have to come away from that feeling like this is a good chance for them to get everything right offensively, defensively, get the run game going, get whomever the quarterback is uh, who starts the game, get him going against a team that they're an 11-point favorite over. So, Nick, how are you feeling about the Beavers heading against this team, against against excuse me, heading into this game against Hawaii, given what they just did to Portland State? Well, I mean, I like their chances. I mean, they're eleven point favorite. That's 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 the biggest spread they've had as a favorite. In, I was going to ask. Think, I think it's eight years, two thousand thirteen, and the last when they played Colorado in two thousand thirteen. So it's an unfamiliar role for Oregon State. I guess an FBS team. I'm not counting F- FCS, but right. uh, you know, with Hawaii, I don't know what to make <clears> of the Portland State game because Portland State hadn't played a game in two years. 
I, I don't know, you know, whether were they not ready to play, you know, it was 28 to nothing after the first quarter. Did Hawaii just let up in the second half? Did Portland State find itself and start, start, you know, doing something against Hawaii? I, I don't know. I, I know UCLA dominated Hawaii's offense. I mean, they were, right. they were relentless at the quarterback. They, they made plays. I mean, Hawaii was, was going nowhere when I was watching the game. Uh, yeah, this is a game where I think Oregon State's gotta, gotta get right on offense. And, and I think this defense, while it's, 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 it's good, it's not great. And it's one I think, and I think it's not as good as Purdue's. They don't have a dominating player like Purdue has on defense. They've got, um, a linebacker and I butcher in his last name, but it's, I think it's Mossau. He led the country last year in solo tackles for whatever that's worth. Um, and they have a secondary that that knows how to create takeaways. They have a couple of quarterbacks that have six interceptions each over their career. So they they do know how to they do know how to create takeaways. But I just think there's a game where Oregon State can get right on both sides of the ball, especially on offense. Yeah, I would tend to agree. And you know, look, it's not even about just winning this game. As far as I'm concerned, if you win this game, thirty three thirty. I would just say flat out, you're probably not going to win six. They need to come close to pummeling this team as far as I'm concerned. For me to believe they're going to walk into the Pac-12 at two and one and exit with four wins, you need to win this game maybe 40 to 20, somewhere in that range. And that's doable if you can get the running game going, which UCLA did, if you can figure out quarterback and use a good running game to set up your play action passing, which is something they're very good at when they got the run game going. And defensively, you know, I, I wouldn't put Hawaii on Purdue's level. I think the defense is going to have a really good game in this game. I think they're going to handle Cordero. I don't think they're going to be worried too much about Hawaii's run game. and They can get after this team. So I'm not only looking for them to win, I'm looking to see how they win. They need to win in some stylistic fashion to make me believe they're going to win four Pac-12 games, even with the North being down. Because all those teams that had bad days yesterday, they're going to improve. They're going to get better. None of them, I think, are that bad. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be tough ahead if they can't show that they can take care of Hawaii in relatively easy fashion as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, you got to win the game. That's I mean, that but you play to win the game. You got to got to win the game. But but yeah, I, you got to look like you're you got to look like you're a, a power five team playing. A, Style a points of, matter in college football, a group, man. A group of five. They do. They yeah. actually they actually do. I, <laughs> they not, do. not a not a. But we're not talking about we're not talking about in this case we're just talking about you got to win games and 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 right. and but sure they they should just a game they they should I picked it forty four to twenty in my early early pick of, of the game okay. um, or no forty one to twenty I think is what I picked it forty one twenty so that's kind of what I'm thinking I, you know let's see a you want to see a good first half at Oregon State where the offense is really churning out the yards, getting the running game going, you know, setting up the passing game and, and, you know, get into halftime with a, you know, good, a nice comfortable lead. I agree. One other thing I noticed they had eight penalties. That's not a horrendous amount, but I'm sure Jonathan Smith wasn't pleased about that. Has he talked about that? Say that again. They had eight penalties this last game. Purdue had four. Was Jonathan Smith at all concerned about that? I didn't, he didn't say anything about that. I, I didn't, I never, that never really connected with me during the game that that was a big problem. I mean, there okay. was there was a couple of them that were maybe even I don't even know if they should have been thrown. I mean, eight and one, eight and an opener. Uh, I mean, they had 
they just had the one turnover. So, I mean, from that standpoint, it wasn't it wasn't an incredibly sloppy game. It was just the right. execution was not good on the offensive side. Okay. We've exhausted our rundown. Do you have anything else, sir? No, I I pretty much talked out. <laughs> talked out? Yeah, pretty much <laughs> talked out. 30 minutes, that's all you got? Didn't, didn't yeah, you talk to yeah, I, I don't have the gas like you do, Aaron. We're going to have to get you a couple of Red Bulls next time. No, I have coffee right before I go on. That's why I'm always amped. No, I'm I, – <laughs> that's not – my my deal is, 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 is try to keep it as brief as possible. Well, right, it's, easy, it's easier, easier to talk it up after a win too. So This is true. Maybe we'll bloviate right. more next one. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, that is all for the first Beaver banter podcast for this season i am aaron finches along with nick dashel and we will see you next week after what we both believe will be an impressive oregon state victory over hawaii